The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome in. Today we're talking about legal issues and we have something today that I think will perk up everyone's attention. Something that uh, you probably haven't thought about much, but it's one of those issues that you should be thinking about. Brandon Bass, a local attorney with John Day Law Firm, is with us today. Brandon, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us. Are good. you ready for Christmas? Uh, I'm still working on it. My heart's ready, yeah. <laughs> but my, my shopping is not. I know, I know the feeling, <laughs> and I'll, probably most of the other people are feeling the same way. We're going to be talking about uh, insurance policies today. And, you know, everybody has different forms of insurance. We're going to look at insurance policies that uh, you probably, uh, some policies in those policies that you probably don't even know about, but you should know about them. Uh, This is one of those things where we can really get into some dangerous waters quickly, personally, with everybody. Yeah, you know, uh, when I came out of law school, and started practicing in this area and dealing with folks who've been hurt. One of the first things I did within a few months, I was uh, just getting started on my career, didn't have a whole lot of money in the bank or anything else, though, was realized I needed to buy a lot more (laughs) insurance when I would see what was happening to folks who were hurt really, really bad, and there just wasn't enough to pay for all their medical bills and things. It's, um, It's not something that I remember learning about in high school, about exactly what I was going to be buying by way of insurance, and shopping it doesn't make it any easier. What should we be looking for? in? Are there some general things that we need to be aware of before we get into specifics? Sure. Um, I'll tell you one of the first things that I think people realize too late is when you buy auto insurance, you're not just buying defense if you get sued you're not just buying for if somebody else wants to blame you but there's a big part of most auto insurance policies it's there by default called uninsured motorist that says if you get hurt by somebody else who can't afford to pay because they don't have the insurance money themselves money in the bank or they're a hit and run driver your own auto policy is what pays for that cost pays for your medical bills time off work and things so um, I see a whole lot of people coming in saying they got full coverage and thinking they've done right to protect their family. And I, I appreciate they've done everything they, that they knew to do. But boy, when you see somebody who's going to be out of work for three, six months or something for a serious injury, and they've been hit by a hit and run driver, it turns out their own insurance is not enough to cover their own bills. It, it, it's, uh, it's a sad thing. The way uninsured motorist works in Tennessee is by default when you go buy an auto insurance policy you get just as much coverage for yourself as what you're buying for other people in other words if i get in an accident and i hurt somebody else well my auto insurance is going to pay out for however much for whatever they're hurt uh, the value of their pain value of their medical bills up to my policy that i bought and then the same thing is true on my UM. It says if I'm hurt and there's not enough auto insurance money from others to pay for it, 
then my insurance is going to make up the difference up to whatever amount I've got. So first thing I did, I remember calling across to my insurance agent when I was uh, a whopping roughly 22 years old and said, um, I need to buy more insurance based on the stuff I've seen. And the insurance agent, uh, I was on the phone with him, but I could hear the cash register in their eyes just turning. He said, well, oh, yeah. can we tell you some other, we got some <laughs> bonds, we've got all these other things we can sell. And I said, listen, I don't have a lot of, this is not to protect any money I've got sitting in the bank right now. This is, if I get clipped by a bus on the way home or something, I want to make sure I'm taken care of. So I'd say the first thing you do is you look at your, on the policy, it'll either say UM or uninsured and underinsured motorist. You look at that and make sure it's on there. There's a law in Tennessee that says that's the amount they got to sell. Whatever you buy to cover others is the amount they've also got to give you to cover yourself unless you sign a form that says, I want to give up that. So you want to lower your own insurance money by saying, I don't, I don't need this much UM or I, I don't want any UM. Take a look at how much money you'd save because it's probably in the range of like two or three dollars a year. Are you kidding? Yes, it, it is a terrible decision. It, it's an uh, um, at that point you are just spending a little bit of money. You're buying the opposite of a lottery ticket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're spending a, a few dollars a year in order to guarantee you don't need a lot of money. Uh, so. I would discourage anybody from ever filling that thing out and saying, I don't, I don't want this coverage that would protect me. Um, I just oh, want the cover. Yeah. It's a, uh, but I, I see it and I feel so bad when somebody does. Cause I know, you know, you, you fill out all the paperwork when you get insurance or even when you get a new job, there are all kinds of new, all, all those, uh, IRS forms and things. There's a bunch of paperwork to fill out and, and half of it, people's eyes sort of glaze over while they're doing I know what's happening is they're sitting back and saying, okay, I don't really understand what I'm getting here, but I don't want to pay a dollar more than I have to. So why don't I just strike out this part? They're telling me I can save two, three, four. Of course it helps them a lot. (laughs) Yeah. They're, uh, for the insurance company, they're getting rid of, uh, any obligation for you being hurt. And Boy, that's the one I don't, I really don't want to write off. I want to make sure if I do something wrong, if I cause an accident, I'm covering other people to, to do the right thing. But for my family, I'd also like to make sure if, if they need something, if I'm hurt. And just think care. about how many days go by, hardly any, when you don't turn on the news and you hear uh, a fatal accident, a hit and run uh, person was fatally injured and uh, they have not caught the person who ran into them. Uh, it's regular. People hit people, and for some reason, they move on. They have no guilt to them. It, it, exactly. So there's your hit-and-run circumstance, and it uh, it happens all the time. All that there's the time. ones that are in the yeah. news, and then there's ones that aren't in the news. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, it's, um, there's stuff. So we all like to think uh, we're going to be lucky enough to not be the one of the roughly one in seven Americans who are going to die at the hands of somebody else. We all like to think we're going to go in our sleep at some time. But boy, if that happens, you'd sure like your family to be taken care of. Oh, sure. And the other thing is, uh, I haven't seen the latest statistics on this, Bart, but I'll bet you the number is still pretty close. Roughly 25% of Tennesseans don't have any auto insurance anyway. 25%? That's the last, yeah. Which So it, they're, they're part of the problem. Yeah, so even if you can find them, 
there's a you know, find them a when they hit four, you. <laughs> yeah, there's a one in four chance that the person who who hits you, and if if they don't have any auto insurance and they're driving around, they probably don't have a whole lot of money sitting in the bank either. So it's not like you're going to go take that. Your own auto insurance is going to be your first recourse that you really really need to have. Um, I, I I feel terrible for folks when we meet with them and, and talk, and it and it turns out that. They filled out that form and said, I'd like to save the three or four dollars. I'd like to save enough to buy us one extra cup of coffee a year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've in the process given up the only resource. And I I mean, I will tell you, we do a lot. We talk about hit and run drivers at this day and age. Um, Shoot, I don't know how many surveillance cameras there probably are on the street out here where you pull in. There's just so many businesses that have. and, uh, uh, And I don't know how many homes you guess have those ring doorbells or things like it that have little cameras pointing at the street uh, almost on accident we do our, our best our level best to track folks down if we do find a hit and run and say let's try and see if there's any cameras in the area um but sometimes that's all gone and sometimes you can't see anything more than an antenna flying by because the angle's just not right it, it your own insurance is um so important in those situations oh definitely uh that's the only thing you have in in most cases if so you want to be sure you have a a adequate amount of that is there someone you should i mean if you went to your insurance agent will they help you with that or do you need to get another group of people to sort of watch the policy that you're getting um I don't know another good resource other than your insurance agent. I, I would say most insurance agents should understand all those principles pretty well. If you ask your insurance agent, hey, how much uninsured motorist coverage do I have on my policy? And they give you a blank look, you may want to look for a different agent. It's it's a real, real, real basic part. But it's so it's something that, again, we don't really think about. I didn't think about it until I started doing this for a living. Never really considered much and it's on most policies it's three or four lines down on the list of coverages and things that that you got on there on an auto insurance so it's it's an afterthought for most people so understandably most insurance agents it's not the first thing they're mentioning to folks and and saying let's talk a whole lot about this uninsured motorist coverage but remember Bart what I said a minute ago by default you get as much uninsured motorist as you buy on your liability on what you might owe to other folks so uh it's not something you got to shop extra for it's the default deal just know that whenever you're buying you're not just buying insurance to protect yourself from getting sued you're buying insurance in case you get hurt and the the person who's supposed to owe you money just can't afford to pay it sure so those are things you need to be checking on and you don't want to wait until you need them to check on them. That's that's when it's too late. Absolutely. I would you know, I would betcha uh I I'd bet you ninety percent of folks don't actually know how much insurance you gotta go look at your policy and they they send you something in your in your email or on an app and usually in the mail. They send you something called a declarations page that lists on the front of it. This is what all you've got. But I bet most listeners would have to go pull it up just to see, because again, it's an afterthought for most people. And unless unless you got a good, a, a strange reason 
to be looking at your auto insurance on an annual basis. Most folks just, you bought it, you might have bought it 10 years ago and just renewed it over and over again and have no idea what's actually in that, covering you in that car. Um, you were about to ask a question. I was just curious, we're talking about automobile insurance. Are these dangers lurking in other types of insurance policies, health policies, things of that sort? So health insurance policies are the best word I can use is an old legal term, weird. Okay. When you talk about auto insurance, every state sets forth the rules for their own auto insurance in that state. So across Tennessee, you buy an insurance policy, you're getting about the same thing. There may be terms and conditions and, and Lord knows there's enough paragraphs and stuff that they may say, well, we don't cover you in this exact set of circumstance under this policy. But for the most part, all the policies are covering about the same thing and about the same numbers. Health insurance is a different animal across America because you got people who got insurance through the military and that includes spouses and children and thing. That's one set of laws and one set of insurance. You got folks who are uh, um, on Medicare. That's a whole another set of U.S. laws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got folks who work for the county they're on a whole different set of laws set by the state of Tennessee and by the individual county they're in. People get their law there. Uh, some people, I bet most people probably get their insurance through their employer. And so it, that's set with a whole different set of laws. So basically there's so many different frameworks. And then there's people who just buy their insurance. You can call Blue Cross, go through an agent and get your insurance. Or you go through Affordable Care Act website, get it you end up with a whole different set of issues based upon where you got that insurance from. For most people, they're not making a whole lot of decisions in that. It's the HR people at work, whether they, whether they work for the county or what have you. It's uh, care or Medicare, what rules they've put in place. So most people are not, are not putting the same degree of choice they are mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. where they're going to go buy auto insurance from, for example, or homeowner's insurance. Makes sense. Uh, here's a question from a listener. They're saying they've traveled a lot and uh, they particularly are concerned when they go outside the United States and rent a car. They had gotten some policies in Mexico and afterwards found out that the policy was good only within so many miles of the Mexican border and did not work if you were hit by someone who is a native of that country. That's not much of a policy. Uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> Where, where'd they get that? That's, <laughs> that sounds like happenstance as much as anything, as if you'd be covered. So, um, I mean, do you is that what you find in other countries? Um, that I, kind of policies. I have not practiced law in any other countries, okay. but when I've traveled overseas, uh, what I've done is this: I've called my insurance company in advance. It's, and talked through them and said, what's my coverage? What do I need to do? It's so you a, do have some coverage usually? Every time I've had it, I've not had to buy a different policy other than to comply with a rental agreement or something in a different country. Um, and when you go into a, a, a rental car agency here in America, for example, they always say, you want to buy insurance? And, and mine, my policy, my regular auto insurance policy covers me anyway. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I got no reason to buy that rental car insurance. Sure, sure. But before I'm going to get behind the wheel in some other jurisdiction, especially outside the United States, I just call my own insurance company and ask them, what do I need to do? Because um, there's no way to know the law of 
every country in the world. And, and you also got to worry about this. Um, say you go to some country you're never going to go back to. You're going on vacation to some tiny little country you're never going to go back to. And you do get hurt and have to make a claim. Right? Are you going back to file the lawsuit there? If, are you going to fly back and forth? So that's what you would have to do. I, it depends on the insurance policy. Because if it's not an American insurance company, then uh-huh. even if you're saying, well, you didn't pay me right, you're going to have to go deal with the court system probably in another country. Um, so figuring out how to protect yourself that way, again, I would call my insurance company, and I'd also check on my health insurance and things like that um, to make sure if what do I do if I do have a need while I'm overseas. Okay, these are things you need to be thinking about now. Maybe you're thinking about that dream trip you're going to make uh, in the spring. Check it out now. Don't wait until you're getting ready to leave. Yeah, I, and I would just ask them because, again, there's no way for anybody to know what the comparative laws are across every place. And uh, does the country have a court system? If you do have a complaint, can you actually go to the court system there and sue somebody or um, or uh, do they have anything resembling what we do in the United States? In a lot of countries, they have socialized medicine and things, so it's just assumed you're going to, everybody's picking up, everybody's health care is going to be paid by the government in those countries anyway. There's no reason to be filing lawsuits against each other over medical bills. So some places they may say, you cannot get your, someone else to pay your medical bills, even if you're a U.S. citizen and you're not going to have your own medical bills taken care of that way. Because it's covered in their country for everyone. Yes. So why would they have a system to to move the money around for those medical bills if the system's already covering it anyway? Okay. You know, so I I wouldn't count on a whole lot, but that's exactly what I'd do is call in advance. And that sounds unfortunate for the listener. Um, I, I hope they didn't have to actually use it, but yeah, but take it a look at those. Well, you never know. And, yeah, but take it. I mean, the listener who wrote oh, yeah, it and said that they went to Mexico yeah. and realized, and wait a minute, there's about six people in this county who I actually could make a claim again. Right. <laughs> and, and three of them are in the car with me. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. If you have a question for Brandon this morning, Brandon Bass. A local attorney with John Day Law Firm is with us. We're looking at insurance policies, the things you probably don't know about your policy, probably some things you don't even think about, and especially at Christmas. Uh, this sounds terrible. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, people out driving. We, we've seen an increase in hit-and-run accidents. It's, it's happening this time of the year. We'll be right back. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and online at WGNSRadio.com means that you can listen to us anywhere. AM, FM, FM, online. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. 
this is Amanda at Animal City. I'd like to invite your family to come do business with my family. We are Murfreesboro's locally owned pet store. And come see us at Animal City. Let our 30 plus years of experience help you and your pets live a happier, better life. Here at Animal City, we stock flea and tick prevention for your pet year round. Whether you're feeding a Great Dane, a bearded dragon, or a hedgehog, we have what you need here at Animal City. You can find your local pet store, Animal City, here in Murfreesboro on Broad Street. Now more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. Swap and shop with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings, 7.50 to 8.10 on WGNS, AM, FM, online. Good morning. Still heavy traffic 24 trying to get out of Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area. Sometimes it's pretty slow there by Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. And lots of radar down I-24 in Coffee County this morning. Do be careful. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium and the Smokies, they're hiring this holiday season. Check them out at ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see periods of rain showers here for this afternoon. A cloudy skies, a high in the mid-60s. Winds out of the northwest around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Dave Ramsey, America's most trusted money expert. The Dave Ramsey Show, live each day from 1 to 4 on WGNS Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Brandon Bass is with us, local attorney with the John Day Law Firm. We're talking this morning about insurance policies, things you probably don't know about your policy, but things that definitely would impact you if you had to use the policy. Like we were talking during the break, it's nice to think that you would never need anything in that policy, that everything you paid for is is gone, you know, you, you just didn't need it. But, I mean, that's a better alternative than needing the policy for uh, some terrible injury. Yeah, my partner John, John Day, always says, I hope every dollar I spend on insurance is a waste. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. I hope I never need that auto insurance. I, I'd love to never actually use my health insurance beyond the annual checkups or anything else. Um, but unfortunately, it's a that is the safety net. That is the only thing keeping you from from going under. You know, one thing we get on homeowners insurance that I don't think a lot of people realize that homeowner everybody I think assumes and understands that homeowners insurance is supposed to cover in large part major damage to your home, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to pick up that, um, and and uh, you got a deductible and basically you know. If you got enough damage, you turn it into your homeowner's insurance. But your homeowner's insurance doesn't just cover damage to the home. Homeowner's insurance also covers you. Uh, so if you ever get sued or somebody makes a claim against you for a lot of activity, including if your dog is going to bite somebody, for example, for a lot of regular non-business activity, your homeowner's insurance is supposed to defend you against a lawsuit. And potentially pay out a lawsuit if, if there's a claim made a lot of people don't realize that so if you ever get a call from somebody or a letter 
from some lawyer or somebody says we're thinking about filing a lawsuit against you we're investigating I would call my homeowner's insurance right away so they can investigate they can hire a lawyer if they need to they can knock the person out of court if they need to be knocked out of court or they can pay the claim if necessary importantly for this reason under just about every insurance policy let me say I'm a lawyer so I'm used to saying just about every but I bet you every insurance policy <laughs> I just had not ever read every insurance right. policy but insurance policies say you got to notify the insurance if there's a claim against you in time for them to investigate and take action so they have to notify you no you have to notify your insurance oh you know okay because okay. you can't sit there and say call your insurance company and say hey I didn't think anything was going to come out of this I went to court uh, we had all this big trial and everything I showed up three out of five days from court the rest of the time I just didn't even show up and now I lost I owe this person a million dollars will you pay it the insurance company's answer is gonna be no they're supposed to have the opportunity to step in investigate hire a lawyer defend the case get the case taken care of if need be so the earlier you report to them for, of a potential claim the better and again that includes under your homeowner's insurance if somebody's saying your dog bit um, uh, you got any, a non-motor vehicle accident with somebody anybody's wanting to make claim you turn that into your homeowner's insurance and they're supposed to take care of it doesn't mean everything's going to cover your deductible it doesn't mean you got these huge risks but if you call them and say and try and send them the bill after dinner's done yeah yeah they're going to return it back to you our phone number is 615-893-1450 and good morning you're on wgns with brandon bass i think they have a problem with their phone sound like a big hum you might check on that uh, and, and give us a call back 615-893-1450 we have a call here or text from a listener and they're saying that uh, they've been getting a, a lot of shaking in their house. There's construction going on nearby within a, about a mile and a half of them. And they hear these long rumbles when the dynamite is set off at these different locations where they're building homes. Uh, what should they do? Because they're starting to see some cracks uh, inside the house uh, on the walls. So... Um the law on use of dynamite goes back to the 1800s. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and it's been the same, pretty much the same ever since for good reason. The law is ordinarily, if, uh, if somebody says you owe them money, they got to prove you did something wrong. Okay? You, you were careless or you intentionally hurt them or what have you. But there's some activities that are so dangerous that we say, we don't have to prove you did anything wrong, it's just you damaged my stuff. Dynamite is one of those things. It's considered an ultra-hazardous activity, basically saying you can do everything right, but you're still lighting explosives and unpredictable things can occur. So even if you take every appropriate precaution as a company, you're still responsible if you do harm to the people nearby, like these folks who sounds like they're worrying about their property. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that part is usually not a big issue there's the bigger issue than with dynamite and ultra hazardous activities causing damage to a home is in proving that the damage occurred from the dynamite and it wasn't already there or anything one step 
that the the caller can do is um, and call a lawyer and start the process that way um, may or may not be necessary I don't know any, enough of the facts um, but a mechanical engineer a good reliable uh, mechanical engineer uh, can take a look at the home um, uh, not just a mechanical engineer that, uh, but but various other professional engineering categories they can take a look at the home and see uh, first ideally they can see it before and after and say well I went and looked at the home and it this crack wasn't there before the dynamite occurred but for cracks that have already occurred for example if they can trace it across and say this must have occurred because of that dang dynamite going off three miles away so preserving evidence that from an engineering standpoint the home is being damaged because of the dynamite is the first and foremost step it's not uh it's not necessary to prove that the company using the dynamite was being careless with it. And I'm wondering if, if the word careless would fit in all cases, uh, because you look around, when you dig down into your earth, the first thing most people in this area find is rocks. And it would seem that rocks would, uh, would make this situation worse. worse because uh, you have an automatic way to transmit the shaking uh, through the rocks, the solid rocks. Uh, so there's a few things. The three classic things that they came up with for ultra-hazardous activities. Mm-hmm. Dynamite. I mean, it's dynamite. Uh, okay. And that came from the railroads and stuff when they were blowing up entire mountains and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. Taking out farms, basically saying the farmer does not require to prove that you were careless with this. They they don't have to keep an eye on you the whole time. They just got to prove it was the dynamite. The second thing is water. You dam up water on your own property, you can do everything right. If that dam breaks, you're about to mess up the neighborhood. Right, you're right. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, as any homeowner will tell you, what's the the, the most silliest, scariest thing is water, right? water intrusion. So, first is explosives, second's water, and the last is animals. Not all animals, but you get a tiger, and you may be the best tiger owner in America. You may be the tiger king. You are not keeping a tiger safe. So there are certain animals. Uh, um, tiger is a classic one. Snakes venomous snakes and things you may be real real perfectly great but you let a cobra in any way get out we're suing you like you're, you're responsible for what's happened so those are the three classic categories that they say you still got to prove uh, um, I was hurt because of your object I'll say this I've never had a tiger case, but I feel like that one will be easy to prove that the, the, the damage came from a tiger. And we may have a tiger in the area. Really? I, I have no oh, idea. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I was just, I hadn't heard that you talking to the news this morning. I'm like, <laughs> but I thought, is there a tiger? Uh, but, uh, but the water, for example, and things, fighting over weather, the condition of the land before, if all of a sudden a dam breaks and you, you flood your neighbor's property or, 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 or your neighbor leaves their, um, their hoses on while they go on vacation and yeah, flood your property yeah. things proving those things and the extent of the harm is usually the issue including in a case where there's dynamite being done so getting good documentation including photographs at a minimum showing before so you can show before and after pictures there was no crack on the wall before you lit that fuse okay um uh, i'm not sure what this one is referring to but uh, they have two 
comments. One's uh, saying the Housing Authority list has been closed since 2019, and then they ask what does uh, what role does the Fair Reporting Agency play in insurance? Uh, does that make sense to you? I'm not sure. I understand that question um, or comment. I'm not sure either. Uh, let me go at it a little bit sideways. Under general Tennessee law, uh, um, the Department of Commerce and Insurance and its commissioner is who handles insurance-related issues, so they do the licensing and things. Uh, they make sure the agents are, are appropriately licensed and uh, that your insurance agent isn't doesn't have 15 fraud convictions and things. Uh, and they're, they're supposed to have processes to make sure that every insurance policy includes certain minimum terms. Um, the person who wrote in earlier, who made a comment about going to Mexico and find, mm-hmm. finding mm-hmm. out that their policy really wasn't anything of a policy, there are examples like that even here in Tennessee. For example, there was a, uh, uh, there's a famous, somewhat famous case in Tennessee where a, a trucking company, local trucking company, delivery, so they're one of these places that deliver furniture to your home and things. Uh, they bought their commercial insurance policy, and then they had a claim for something. And they looked back at the policy, and the policy said, this only provides coverage when your trucks are more than 150 miles away from headquarters. Aha. Uh-huh. They okay. said, well, we're a local company. We don't go 50 miles away from headquarters. <laughs> the policy never provided any coverage whatsoever. Nothing. <laughs> so there are examples like that. The Commission of, uh, uh, of the Department of Commerce and Insurance is supposed to do some review to make sure that the, that's a matter of whether the individual got anything out of this policy as opposed to uh, an international trucking company might have been good with a policy sure, that provides sure. further. Uh, but the Department of Commerce and Insurance is supposed to look over and make sure that the policies provide the bare minimum, at least, that's required for all Tennesseans. Here's another question. This one is from a contractor who says, with all of the work that's being done in Rutherford County, uh, how can you tell that it's one job versus another that's creating the problems? Sometimes the different uh, projects are within a mile or two of each other and all close to the home that claims that they're having damage. Uh, That question is perfect and it's exactly right. That's why I said getting engineers and things in. How you can track across, um, there's an, you got to really be looking for circumstantial evidence as much as anything, which just means, look, under the circumstances, for example, the windows were here on Monday, and the only contractor working on Monday was the one over on Main Street, right? That's the circumstances say it had to be from this person, right? Um, so, but it, that is the excellent question. It is the question for a lot of those dynamite cases. It is, look, you can't keep that stuff perfectly safe. It's made to explode and knock out hills. It's made to be damaging as can be, but. You still got to be able, as somebody who claims that they were hurt by nearby blasting, you still got to be able to prove that, A, it, the damage occurred because of blasting, and as this uh, person writes in, and B, who did that blasting? And the person who uh, originally wrote to us has sent a follow-up, and they said, in our case, I feel long, rolling rumbles of, uh, of explosives uh, 
as opposed to quick ones. And I've never noticed this uh, process before. So is there a procedure? Do some people use uh, quick blast or others use long rolling uh, continuous blast? I don't know. That's outside my wheel well. That's in the realm of, of engineering. Right. Um, and, and whether that would make any difference is in the realm of engineering. I'll bet you if we found three engineers at a coffee shop, they'd have four different opinions <laughs> on the subject. All right. Um, so, but what I would tell the caller or the, 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 uh, the listener is you're looking at, at good questions but the persons who have to answer them are really in the realm of engineering. So what you don't want to find out later is that an engineer says, boy, I can't tell you the answer to this question just based upon the sound that you're describing. I would need to have looked at it within two days of the damage occurring or something in order to track it across. So getting somebody, getting boots on the ground is important. And I also understand um, it, it's, it's what's challenging about dynamite-related damage. Right, is nobody wants to just because they put up a sign that blasting is going to occur five or ten miles away. Hire an engineer to come by their house once a week to do an, an inventory, or hire an appraiser or somebody. Um, nobody wants to do that. I, I can't imagine myself doing it. That is the challenge, though, is in getting somebody who can say, "This is why I can tell you it occurred as a result of this dynamite, as opposed to as a result of other natural causes and." anything else so how important is it to when you notice something happening start taking notes and what day it happened and what time you took the notes um if my law partner is going to laugh if they're listening because i say this a lot i can't answer that in the abstract because it depends on who's taking the notes okay okay <laughs> <laughs> and if they take it a note saying you know i heard something today and then the rest of the notes say, while I was watching Dr. Phil, and it it's more a matter of what you're pointing out is, can, can contemporaneous notes help? Yes, as at least a reflection to go back and figure things out. But what actually needs to be in those notes? What would an engineer, for example, in that case? What would an engineer ask you later? They may say, well, how long the dynamite rumbled? That's meaningless to me. But I would really like to know if you heard it twice within an hour. Hmm. You know, okay. So w what information gets recorded is important. Figuring that part out to preserve that is, is hard. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Answering problems and questions that impact you and could impact you greatly. That's what we're doing this morning. Brandon Bass, a local attorney with John Day Law Firm, is with us. We're talking about things about your insurance policies you probably don't know about. We'll be right back. And this will be the final segment, so if you have a question or a comment, definitely text us or call us quickly. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10. Rutherford County's place to talk. Hi, this is Brandon. I am the drum instructor at Music World Drummer's Den. What Dave and I try to do, because we're drummers, is a hands-on experience. We let you come back in the drum room so you can try drums out before you buy them, because online you can't do that. 
taking private lessons, we jumpstart you a lot quicker than you can on YouTube. A lot of people try to watch YouTube and take lessons. We're hands-on. The Music World in Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Still heavy traffic. 24. Try and get out of Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area. Sometimes it's pretty slow there by Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. Lots of radar down I-24 in Coffee County this morning. Do be careful. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium in the Smokies, they're hiring this holiday season. Check them out at ripleys.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Christmas is one of the most wonderful times of the year. This is Jenny at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. We have a lot to offer from Christmas trees to ornaments for your trees, gift baskets, flower arrangements, coffee packages, and more. Make Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts your Christmas place. Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 117 South Academy, just a couple blocks off the square. Plus we offer delivery to all Rutherford County and as well as surrounding counties. Hi, this is Hannah Fox of the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come shop with us for all your Christmas gift needs. We have wonderful gift ideas in our gift department, and we have a great selection of Carhartt clothing and other fashion clothes. We also, in our pet and bird section, have everything you need for your feathered and furry friends. Come see us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. You won't believe what you'll find at the Co-op. 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is MTSU President Sidney McPhee. You're listening to WGNS, your local connection to Blue Raider Atlanta. WGNS AM, FM, online. Welcome back, 615-893-1450. About five minutes left in the broadcast. Brandon Bass is with us, a local attorney with the John Day Law Firm. You have something very community-oriented that you're uh, doing and do on a regular basis. About to do it again, I understand. Yeah, thank you, Bart. Um, at, on New Year's Eve, we are doing uh, one of our uh, Safe Ride Home programs. If you go on our firm's Facebook page, you can get all the information about it and the, the basically the little code to punch in. But it'll get a, you know, a, a free ride home from a ride-sharing service, uh, Uber, um, I believe it is this year. Um, but it gives you a code to punch in and give you up to $25, which should get anybody home. It won't take you to another bar. We're not paying for people to go bar hopping, but hopefully everybody can get home safe that way. Um, and all the information is available there. It goes on for, uh, we set it up for all the, the key hours when people are heading home from bars those evenings. Very good. So uh, be aware of that and no sense in being caught out and uh, creating a, a problem by having a wreck, a DUI wreck. Yeah, plan ahead. We see way too many cases of people getting seriously hurt or losing a loved one because somebody else really didn't plan ahead. And once they were 
too drunk. An intoxicated person is not the person who needs to decide whether they're safe to drive. No, definitely not. We have another question here, and this one says, My son was found at fault for an accident where he was rear-ended in a no-fault state. How is that possible when my insurance agent assured us that according to the facts, he was not at fault? What, what's the story there? What can you get from that? Um, I don't know. Uh, t- so for the other listeners, no fault is not in Tennessee. Uh, no fault schemes, is what, I don't mean scheme like a plot hurt somebody i mean it's a it's an entire system no fault states change the way insurance works to say that at least for x amount of dollars or something it doesn't matter who's at fault your own insurance is going to pay so it doesn't matter who's at fault is is the the primary thing of a no fault state and everybody's insurance just pays themselves they don't move money around uh but then some states have exceptions that say except when x happens except when when the bills are over $10,000 or except when somebody's been intoxicated or except, except, except. I don't know the particular state or the particular exceptions that could apply or why fault would matter in that. They just certain. answered that. Oh. Kentucky is where the accident happened. That was good to be my guess just because it's a border state. It's pretty close. Kentucky's no fault scheme. Um, I've done a little bit of work in Kentucky with other lawyers. Uh, Kentucky's no fault system does include some specifics that say if if your bills get up to a certain amount or what have you. I don't know the particular facts of this case. Generally speaking, thou shalt not rear-end another vehicle. I don't know the particular facts of this case, though. Most of the time, that's going to result in the person who did the rear-end and being at fault. At the same time, we've all been cut off on the interstate, so you can you can get... <laughs> You can get a driver rear-ended without it being the, the one in behind's fault if they've been cut off by somebody merging or changing lanes at the last second or things like that. And I don't know who the insurance agent is or why they said there'd be no chances. They're adding uh, some information for us. They say uh, the damage was in the middle rear of my vehicle and uh, the person tried to wipe off the scratches from her vehicle. Okay. Uh, can't tell you. I don't know if uh, when you say found at fault, I don't know if that means there's a trial. I don't know if that means that some other insurance company refused to pay. I don't know who found it to be at fault, quote unquote, found to be at fault. I don't know if the insurance agent said your son is not at fault. And then the insurance company came along and said, oh, yes, he is based upon our additional investigation. I just don't know. Um, there, there's too much. I agree with the, the absolutely the usual rule is when we're driving we're not supposed to be hit from behind but there's ways to get hit from behind that that can be the person in front's responsibility we have about a minute left what should that person do is of course we don't know what kind of time frame that they're in uh, once the thing is in court or once the the pays of uh, the checks have been mailed out is it too late I, I I don't know. I don't practice. Uh, I don't practice law in Kentucky. Um, but generally speaking, yes. Once the checks have been mailed out and things, if they've gone to court, I I don't know what it means to say that they were found at fault. If the jury's already come back and said it, and they've already got a lawyer, and if the case has just been lost, that's that is what it is. Um, I don't know who found them at fault or how. Very good. So just good luck to you and check. I check, check with a lawyer. <laughs> if you don't have a lawyer already, I'd get one up there. 
Yeah, very definitely. Thank you for joining us and uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well, Bart. Brandon Bass from the John Day Law Firm, our guest this morning. Don't forget that uh, ride home on New Year's Eve. Take advantage of that. That's uh, another service of the John Day Law Firm. Hey, have a super day. We'll see you at the Christmas Parade, 2 o'clock this Sunday.